Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but encourage him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to be devoted to their own household and repay their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. Now the widow who is without relatives has put her hope in God and continues in her petitions and prayers night and day. But the widow who lives only for her own pleasure is dead, even while she lives. Insist on these things also, in order that they may be above criticism. But if anyone does not provide for his own family, and especially for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let a widow be put on the list if she is over sixty years old, has been a wife of one husband, and has good reputation for doing good. If she brought up children, if she showed hospitality to strangers, if she washed the feet of the saints, if she provided help for those in distress, and if she dedicated herself to every good work. But do not put younger widows on the list, for when they have strong sensual desires that pull them away from Christ, they want to marry, and so they bring judgment on themselves because they set aside their former pledge. At the same time, they also learn to be lazy as they go about from house to house. They not only learn to be lazy, but also to be gossips and busybodies, saying things that they ought not to say. Therefore I want younger widows to marry, to have children, to keep house, and to give no opportunity for the enemy to slander them. In fact, some have already turned away to follow Satan. If any believing woman has widows in her family, let her keep helping them, rather than letting them become a burden to the church, so that the church may help those who are truly widows. The elders who lead well should be considered worthy of double honor, especially the ones who work hard in the word and doctrine. For scripture says, Do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker is worthy of his pay. Do not accept an accusation against an elder, except on the testimony of two or three witnesses. In the presence of everyone, rebuke the ones who persist in sin, so that the rest may be afraid. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels that you follow these instructions without prejudice, doing nothing out of partiality. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily and do not take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Stop drinking just water, but use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent sicknesses. The sins of some people are obvious going on ahead of them to judgment, but the sins of others follow them there. In the same way, good works are also obvious, and the ones that are not obvious cannot stay hidden. This is the word of our God. As Paul continues with practical advice for dealing with Gnosticism and trying to restrain this heresy that could easily take root and and spread there in the church at Ephesus, he continues with guidelines as he, he spirals out from the worship service and the character of the pastor and the person of the pastor, and he spirals out to especially the relationship among those in the faith, reminding us that the, the, the church, you know, God's church is like a family. And that attitude and that idea carries itself all the way through chapter four and chapter five, and we'll even get into chapter six. Back in chapter four, we talked about if you point these things out to the brothers, talking about the fellow believers there, then you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good doctrine which you have followed faithfully. That was first Timothy four, verse six. And then here in chapter five, he's, he's got the reminder in verses one and two 
that as especially as young Pastor Timothy deals with these specific sins that come with each different stage of life and and oftentimes those temptations are stronger for particular sins and particular age groups at a different time and and different sins at different stages of life as Timothy deals with that Paul reminds him to to be above reproach and to deal with these people as fellow members of the family of God and That's uh, verses one and two. Don't rebuke an older man harshly, but encourage him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. And there's the reminder that the specific temptation for young Pastor Timothy um, would be to let Gnosticism and its ideas take root in his own heart. Um, And even if he didn't go into a full-blown confession of Gnosticism as though he believed that heresy, at the same time, the very subtle idea is that whatever I have in my heart, whatever desire or emotion I have in my heart is true. And therefore, I can follow it with, with no repercussions and with nothing, nothing bad happening. Um, I can follow it with a clean conscience. And that is a very deceptive teaching very deceptive teaching that can lead somebody astray very easily. Um, just follow your heart. <laughs> That's the basic idea of Gnosticism. And Paul tucks in that little, that little additional clause at the end, um, treating younger women as sisters with all purity, that, that Pastor Timothy goes out of his way to make sure that he treats people well uh, with, with an attitude and an action that is above reproach. And we see this even in our society today. Um, our society you know, has completely bought into the idea of follow your heart, just follow your heart because there you'll find the truth. And on top of it, um, there have been pastors over the course of um, Christianity in this country, multiple pastors in in countless places and circumstances, um, men who have been entrusted with an office of high trust with a group of people in a church, and they have betrayed that trust in a variety of different ways, whether it was through public sin or something more private, such as adultery. (laughs) But the reminder there, um, or the admonition in verse 2, treating younger women with all purity is echoed by the closing verses of this chapter, verses 24 and 25. Um, the sins of some are obvious going on ahead of them. Uh, the sins of others follow them there. And sin can be hidden. It will find a way out. It will show itself eventually. And so that's kind of another reminder um, because Paul knows the temptation of Gnosticism, that it's not just not just the the doctrinal error, but that this temptation can arise and take root with an attitude, an attitude that says, this is the emotion that I'm feeling. These are the desires that I'm feeling. And, and surely that is more true and more reliable than the external word of God. And Paul, Paul wants to make sure that Pastor Timothy has as many tools as he needs to address that. Um, and in this case, you know, Paul gives him the, the billy club of the law to be able to correct his sinful flesh if and when the temptation arises to abuse his position of authority or to indulge in some sin that he thinks would remain hidden. Paul says, you know, it's not going to remain hidden. And Paul says, treat these other people in the congregation as fellow members of the body of Christ, fellow members of the same family of our Lord. And then there's a little bit in the middle, uh, verses 3 through 16, um, that really talks about the the social welfare program for the widows. And in, in our society, we have typical welfare 
safety nets provided by the government. You know, we talk about Medicare, Medicaid. We talk about um, a few other social programs that that some of our tax dollars support, as well as nonprofit organizations that help to provide for the needs of people. And in the early church, um, the church was really that structure. I don't know that our structure is any better, and I would assert that it's actually worse because um, life goes better and the Christian faith is put into practice more, more fully when Christians sacrifice to watch out for one another. Um, when Christians take the time to encourage one another and to provide for one another as fellow members of, of the family of faith. And so I think that's what uh, most of this middle section is talking about. Um, the widows who are truly widows, those who have, those who have spent their lives serving the Lord and, uh, and serving fellow believers, Paul says, especially watch out for them. If somebody doesn't have a good reputation and has spent their lives in, um, you know, in wastefulness and both in wasting their time and in pursuing activities that were not worthwhile, well, they would be less of a candidate for support from the church. So there is some wisdom here. And, and Paul doesn't want Timothy to be, to be snowed and to be uh, deceived into providing for somebody who, who really had misused and abused all the opportunities that they had up until that point. But at the same time, we also recognize that those who are especially without, without support are the ones who most need our support within the Christian church and, and in, in their society and perhaps in ours, you know, you would think of, you know, widows and orphans typically, and this could take place through, um, directly providing, um, a housing. Like if somebody in the church has an apartment complex and has a free apartment available and they offer it at a reduced rate or for free or something like that. It could also take place through providing for daily needs, such as making sure that um, that food is made available for this for this person so that they don't have to go hungry or they don't have to be eating all the, all the junk that is so cheap instead of nutritious food that is more expensive. Um, we talk about other ways that we can watch out for one another. And in this in this regard, you would also perhaps consider in some cases at least the the work of a an early childhood or education system or like a daycare system and and that sometimes those ministries are there to fill in where the family isn't able or where um, a single parent for whatever reason it, it has their children and they they have to provide for the family while also making sure that these children are cared for in a loving loving environment um and so I think there is a place for early childhood ministries such as that, providing care for children and um, providing a safe place for these kids. And while that is a worthy effort in and of itself, um, I think there does need to be some, some congregational wisdom to say that, you know, we want to encourage the vocations of the home, such as that of spouse and parent, especially when the children are, are very young. We want to encourage and support the vocations of the home. And this might be an opportunity, especially in a place that doesn't have an early childhood ministry yet, or that might be considering such a ministry. This might be a place to say, is there a better way to provide support for a young family where one or both parents are stri struggling to make ends meet? Is there a better way to provide, um, help provide care for these children and to work together in order that we can encourage them in this family of faith?
And so, I mean, that's a bigger topic. We'll talk about it again, and eventually I'll get around to reading the paper that I that I presented at Pastors Conference last week um, related to that topic and many others. But um, as we wrap up today, I'll just leave you with this thought. Seeing what Paul says about the family of faith, how they watch out for one another, how they treat each other with, with all respect and with all purity. Um, seeing his talk about this family of faith supporting one another, especially those who are most in need. My question for you, in your congregation, what more could we do to support those who are actually in need? Whether it is providing for some sort of a basic need or filling in with um, not, not the bag of food or help with the rent, but filling in with the care and attention and time of somebody who is a, a trusted and capable Christian friend within the same congregation to say, if you need, if you need a little bit of time, um, I can help watch your children or I can help with some grocery shopping or, or even at our church, you know, we're going to, maybe you'll put in a community garden at your church so that you can provide vegetables, you know, nutritious food free of charge for those in your local community and those nearby. Why would we do that? Because <laughs> Paul writes, you have older men that you treat as fathers, younger men that you treat as brothers, older women that you treat as mothers, younger women that you um, treat as sisters. And we want to help provide for that family of Christ, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and the reality of the Son of God in the flesh means that, yes, we care even about the in-the-flesh physical needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. A little bit longer episode today, um, but if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, check out the show notes for our email address. Thanks so much. God bless your day.